Constant Downpour Remastered is a retro sci-fi survival campaign from Mothership One E, now available for pre-orders on Backerkit. Every hardcover pre-order comes with three free zines featuring retro sci-fi blasters, grenades, and new stim packs to enhance the campaign in your Mothership games. Pre-order Constant Downpour Remastered now on Backerkit. Link in the show notes. Welcome to Wobbies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, Light Finger Thief, and here I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar, the Barbarian. So, Logar, we've been uh, traveled many different universes before. I think we traveled in some scary Scandinavian universes before, too, haven't we? Yes, we have. Yes, we have. From Year Zero Engine in a game called, what was is it pronounced, Vessine? I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> we did that one year for one of our, uh, one of our, Halloween games we played, Vassie. It's been a few years. It was the year that it came out, which has been a couple of years now since then. Yep. And we also played some of Twilight 2000, I think it was. Twilight 2000. Uh, quite a few other. We played a lot of Forbidden Lands as Forbidden well. Forbidden Lands as well. There. Yep. They all have one thing in common. That is? <laughs> the Year Zero engine. Oh, we could probably do like an entire series talking about the Year Zero engine itself. But what is the Year Zero engine? Yes, what is the Year Zero engine? How many dice do we need and how does it work? Well, that can change. That can, that can depend on what you're doing now. Year Zero engine started off as, well, it was originally in Mutant Year Zero as the core system. And it's what Free League the co- has been using for most of their games. Now, it's changed from... The initial Mutant Year Zero, Coriolis, Tales from the Loop, Tales from the Loop, and then there's Things from the Flood, which is like the sequel game. That and what, Tales from the Loop happens in the '80s with strange sci-fi occurrences, and then Things from the Flood happens in the '90s, where you play kids in these, either '80s kids or '90s kids, and go have interesting sci-fi adventures. And then they started using the engine on on Alien, on Twilight 2000. On uh, most of the games, not all, because like Morkborg and Death in Space do not use the Year Zero engine, but it seems to be no. the house system of Free League. Right. And, and I like the system a lot. Now, the changes, we recently had the great big open game license kerfuffle. The original open license from Free League had language and references to that license, so they went through, since their system is nothing like it, and just kind of re-released a Year Zero Engine SRD, updated with a lot of the new stuff that we're seeing in, in some of these other games. It's an SRD for essentially what looks like to be intended for a generic system. You can make any game you want with this SRD. There's a license for it. You can take it and put your own content out for other games and things like that. I like the system, and I wanted to talk about the system and there's two ways that it's played now. There's a dice pool and a step dice. Yes, so we've played both. Played dice pools for Forbidden Lands and Vaseen, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we use stepped system for Flight 2000. Now, I want to talk about what, what I mean by dice pool and step system because we're using the same concepts, essentially, they're just slightly different. I prefer the dice pool system. I would agree with you. I prefer the dice pool system as well. I mean, we have played step systems before with, like, say, Dungeon Crawl Classics and Mutant Crawl Classics, which I'm fine with as well, too. But for the Year Zero engine, I do prefer dice pool. 
just like you do. I, I see a utility of them both. I can see how some people would lean towards the step. The dice pool system is you're literally going to take a pool of dice that that is added up between D6. the numbers. Yeah, D6s. D6 only. So. All D6s. You're going to roll. It's going to be like if you have a, let's say, a your attribute is like one through four or five, and then your you also get uh, different types of skills, and they'll have a, a number, and you're going to add the numbers together, and the amount of numbers from your, like your skill and your attributes is the amount of D6s that you roll. They, and, and, the, and the idea behind it is if you roll a six, every six that comes up in that dice pool is a single success. Yep. Now, the step kind of takes a similar idea, only it starts with the six, then it goes to uh, what? Eight, eight ten. It's six, eight, ten, twelve. Twelve. So, so, and they created by A, B, D, A, B, C, D. A is twelve, B is ten, and so forth, so on. So the whatever one you have that every if you, for a six and everything above counts as successes when you're doing the step system as opposed to the pull system. So you have more successes as it goes up. You have more chances of success as it yes, goes up. Yes, so you have a higher chance of success with a higher die, et cetera, et cetera. It makes you better at it. So I prefer again. I prefer the dice pull system when it comes to the year zero engine. But this the SRD gives you both simultaneously how to do them. In the SRD, the system reference document put out by Freely. Let's talk about this system and how it works. It's actually, I've had an easy time rolling up characters with it in the past with the different books they put out. But you can use this. I have at least one game that has was put out using the Year Zero engine, the earlier document, the earlier version to put out that someone used to put out their own game. I, I'd love to see more come out for Year Zero engine games in general. I know that I personally would love to see some sort of like generic uh, fantasy slash sci-fi game books where you can kind of make your own things out of it. But I think right now the closest we have to that is the SRD that I'm looking at here right now. And I like the games that are using it. Now, what you do is let's start at the very beginning. You're going to choose archetypes for your characters. And the archetypes in the different games, they have different archetypes, et cetera, et cetera. Then you're going to go ahead and you're going to assign, what is it, the points to it your actual points attributes. to your actual attributes, correct. Mm -hmm. So your attributes are typical strength, agility, wits, empathy. Just the four. There's not a six attribute like D&D. &D. And two are mental, two are physical, the strength and agility, yep. the two physical, and then wits and wits and empathy are the other two. I like the empathy attribute the way it's used in Forbidden Lands, because if you do things like coup de gras, you have to make a check with empathy to see if you're actually able to just kill a helpless person <laughs> or a creature, uh, which I think adds an interesting dimension to the game. You're going to, you know, you're going to, we're going to make our player characters. We start with our attributes. Now you have your choice if you're going to do dice pool or step and how you're going to, how, how you're going to approach that. I guess would it be 10 uh, either on personal preference or the game you're wanting to run? Because I'm sure some games might work better with the step than the dice pull, but a lot of that might be personal preference as well. Then you get so many points towards skills. All the skills are divided under the attributes, essentially. And like I said, in the when we were describing how to play, you're going to take however, like let's say you have a skill that is at a two and you have an attribute that's at a three. The two and three together makes five. That's five dice. Every six is a success. You can do better depending on how many more sixes you roll. Ones are failures, and they can come in at different points in time in the game. Well, for things like broken gear and stuff like that, they start factoring in right. a little bit more. 
Now that's for the dice pool. If you do a step dice system, then you only choose what they call one B level skill, which means that you're a veteran or two C level skills, your experience, which is a D8 and then three D level where you're a novice, which is a D6. Now, do we, so we're, are we, and here's one thing I'm not a hundred percent clear on, and I may have to double check this. If I'm doing the step system, am I only rolling one dice every time? Or if I've got like an A in my attribute and I have an A in a skill, let's say, would I be rolling 2D12? So would I have that extra 12-sided to add to it? I don't know. That's why I was very confused <laughs> when we were rolling dice for uh, Twy2000. So, so if you're, if you're I'm listening... Not familiar, I'm not familiar <laughs> with that. <laughs> if you are listening, let me... I don't know if you... Stack them on, like if 12 is the most, or if you can add an extra die or not, I'm not 100% sure. The answer may be in here and staring at me. I may have gone over it and just not taken it in, but, you know, it's there. They also handle encumbrance. Uh, it's got all the rules for your gears, encumbrance, consumables. They tend to go with a really easy system for keeping track of encumbrance and consumables. It's a little more streamlined. One of those things is rolling dice for consumables. And if you roll low, you get a, a lower step die for the consumable until you're out. Food, water, torches, that type of stuff. So, you know, if you start, like, say, with a D12 of torches and you use them and you rolled and you rolled, if you rolled the number one, I think it is, then you would, you would lose and go down a step to a D10 then, I think. And so that aspect is something that's been in there, even when it was the dice pool system. So the step at the step die thing has always kind of is been a part of the year zero engine. They're just they just started using it in attributes and skills as well in a slightly different manner. Skills and specialties. Uh, one thing is mo rolling multiple successes. If you roll two or more successes, you reach your stated goal, but also gain additional bonus effects. So you can, uh, if you're rolling multiple successes, either on step or in the dice pool, because you can roll multiple successes yep. either way, then you are going to get additional benefits, boons. You're going to do better at whatever it is you're trying to do. I mean, if you roll like a fistful of sixes and they all come up six, wow, you've really accomplished your goal and a lot more. And a lot more. You do it with a lot of pizzazz and style. Now, the games use the pushing your roll. So let's say we roll a lot of, we're doing, I'm, I'm going to use the dice dice pool as an example because it's the one i'm most familiar with and favorite my favorite one and probably the one i lean toward so i'm gonna roll five six-sided dice i came up with only one six i got three ones so you have three quote unquote critical fails potentially well a lot of times those aren't going to be factored into the role there's only certain times that those critical failures those fails factor in it's not negating your success if you sometimes you'll be suggested that you use a different color die to indicate like equipment if you have a sword and you roll a bunch of fails on the sword itself that's going to damage the equipment. It's gonna break break your sword potentially <laughs> yeah so I rolled five, so the only if I was gonna push this roll, I only have one I can push because if you go to push the roll, you can't roll, you can't re-roll the successes or the failures, but you do get a chance to re-roll the dice that didn't succeed or failure. Now, if you're pushing, those fails come into play a little bit more and can have more of an impact on you or damage or whatever it is, depending on which year zero engine game is going on and what what you're doing in general. I think those nuances can change from game to game now let's say i had rolled one one and one six i could push that roll by re-rolling three dice 
and seeing if I can come up with another six. I just did, and I did not come up with another six. But the idea of pushing your role is to give you that opportunity to get that success, but also at a cost, because it's usually going to cost something when you go to push that role. Number one being that your failures are probably going to impact you as some kind of damage from strain on your character sheet that'll have to be healed up later on. Well, they uh, call it a a condition, right? You become exhausted or scared or angry or something else of the sort. And the other thing is that some of those fails go into different points, depending on which year zero engine game you're playing. You can put those fails on as various points. Like if you're playing Forbidden Lands... You get those fails. They On go the strength. In, yeah, well, if you're doing like magic and you're getting those or whatever you're doing as a magic user, those negative fails go into kind of the pool of points that you're going to use to cast magic and do magical things. So you're going to so you're kind of encouraged to push it and get some of those fails and those negative consequences so that you can have more to push and succeed in other areas like your magic and whatnot. So it all kind of intertwines in that way, kind of encouraging you to do something along those lines well there's a risk and reward right i think that's the uh, main thing of the game so you can take additional risk by pushing but there can be also nicer rewards that come along with it yeah yep you get a better reward for now uh, combat's not you're depending on the game some of the now some of the year engines game zero games act different some of them use your attributes more for hit points and some of them have their own individual hit points and whatnot depending on which game you're going for but it's got a pretty robust combat system overall that you can build on exponentially you want to see how they build on it There are games like Twilight 2000, which is essentially they've just taken this and turned it into a so, so close to a strategical war game. (laughs) I I still got to read Blade Runner because I just got that a couple weeks ago. I started to read through that one, see how they handle it in Blade Runner. Yeah, I need to, I want to pick up Blade Runner. Here, I have a question about Blade Runner. Have you looked through it enough to tell me if they have anything like power armor or mech or anything along those lines in that game? Uh, no, no. I mean, they have basic equipment, but they do not have powered armor or mecha. They do have, obviously, replicants. Mm-hmm. But that's more on the Android level, not on the level of a powered armor suit or powered muscle suit or any type of, you know, giant robot <laughs> type of thing. With Mutant Year Zero was the, being the original game. I want to talk about that for a minute because that's kind of the first one that the system was pulled off of. And they, it's a classic game that they've kind of reimagined over at Free League. Put out Mutant Year Zero. One of the books is you just play humans who are mutants. You get a mutation as a human. It's the post-apocalypse. It's very hex crawl. You're very, it's very focused on building your... um we would call it your i think it's called an arc in the game but essentially it's like domain building type stuff and you're trying to get enough resources to keep people alive in this post-apocalyptic world and that's the gist of the game the first one you play just mutate humans they have one out where you play mutant animals and their their stick is a little bit different you're not net you're in a sort of a uh, a more nature, less less devastated, post-apocalyptic area, more of a nature preserve type area. And then there's also Mechatron, where you play robots, not the duplicates or the replicants from 
Blade, Blade Runner. Runner, but you're playing robots in the Mutant Year Zero world. I'm curious how similar the me the Mechatron is to the replicants in Blade Runner and how different those are. Uh, just a curiosity. I, and when I get that book, that's one of the first things I'm going to look up is. <laughs> I like the possibilities for the Year Zero engine. I feel that it is it ha it gives potential to... Within this system, you could create any sort of uh, genre game you're looking at for the most part, and I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see what other, like you said, genres they try to push into, because it seems like they have a lot of them covered between, you know, Fantasy with Forbidden Lands, Coriolis, which is more sci-fi. Uh, the one I would be curious to see would be how they would handle uh, superheroes. Yeah, there is a someone who has put out a superhero uh, Year Zero engine game on Drive through i believe it's called superhero zero or something like that i might be wrong but there is one out there there isn't really anything for illustrations or whatnot or it's 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 just pretty much a text pdf document but it's worth checking out if you're interested in seeing how somebody took the year zero engine to approach the superhero uh concept it, it, it's pretty neat we're about on time. I think we're a little over. Do you have anything else you want to add to uh, the discussion on the Year Zero engine today? Uh, no. The only thing I would say is that if you do play Year Zero games, make sure you have a lot of dice, a lot of D6, or a lot of the other polyhedral. Make sure you have your dice. Yes. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at Logar Harold Crom. We're on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. Roll all those D6s.